0: Hi, I'm the Moroccan Angel, and I'm here to help others set things right with their Maker. So we're going to take a look at the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, and see what this reveals about the true disciples of Jesus. And it reads, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The thing I want to point out is that the Greek word for righteous, dikaios, means one who is observant of the divine laws, equitable or just, they are innocent of breaking the law. Based on the scripture that we just read, there is much supernatural power behind the prayers or the requests of the righteous. And I know there's this whole idea of there's non-righteous. simply based on a misunderstanding of Scripture. But this Scripture is clearly saying that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Why? Why is that? Why is there power behind the prayer request of a righteous person? Well, according to the New Testament, Jesus said, If you are his true disciple, or one who is a true Biblical Christian, he will do for you whatever you ask, anywhere, anytime, anything. Let's read it so you can be aware that I'm giving it to you straight, the facts. In John 14 and 13, it reads, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, as a true disciple of His, a true disciple of Jesus. He states, That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now whatsoever means, of any kind or amount at all. (laughs) Wow, that's a big promise, and it covers everything by the one Christian's claim knows all things Jesus meaning he knew ahead of time what every single Christian would request and the times they would request it and still he said whatsoever you ask I'll do it if you are his true disciple you can ask anything in his name and he will do it and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But first, let's take a look at a couple more scriptures for those who say it's, quote unquote, out of context, because they have not personally seen this promise fulfilled. Let's go to John 15 and 7. And it reads, if you abide in me. Now, abide means to keep or steadfastly remain in. Remain, as in not going in and out of the door. You stay put. (laughs) You stay in the same condition you are in. If you have become washed, you remain clean. You do not put your hand to dirt again or iniquity. So he's saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, You shall ask me what you will. Take note, this is no restrictions. You shall ask me what you will, what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. I could think of a whole lot of things (laughs) that were asked of him, but this particular verse holds the key as to why you have not seen your prayers answered. And I'm not referencing your prayers for a new car, money, or to go on that vacation, or those prayers to Jesus, please, please give me peace. Those suffering with anxiety, panic, and fear, just distressed and depressed, not those prayers and not the common prayer for more love in your heart. No, no, not those. Because that's an entirely different matter. I'm speaking of the critical prayers to save your loved one from dying from a terminal disease like cancer or some genetic disorder, or for some, many, COVID. The critical prayers or a new kidney or a new heart transplant because you're racing against the clock. Hmm, those prayers. And for many of you professing to be Christians, if it weren't for the mercy of the Creator and the skill of the doctors, you'd be dead. But what are we looking at? Let's get this on the table. Jesus said to his true disciples, Whatever, anything at all, and in John 15 and 7, according to their own will, he will do it. Time is not an issue. Place is not an issue. No requests too big or too small. Whatever your mind wills as a true disciple of his. Now why is this? Why would Jesus make such a promise with such confidence? Let's look at what the disciple John noted after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Turn to 1 John 3, verse 22. It states, Whatsoever, anything we ask. This is John speaking. As a true disciple of Jesus, he said, Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. He's confirming this to be true. Why? Why is he saying that that he receives of Jesus whatever or anything they ask of him? And he tells you why. He says, Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Who are the ones who keep His commandments? They're referenced in Scripture, as we noted earlier, as the righteous, those who keep the commandments. They observe divine law. Verse 24, For he that keepeth Jesus' commandments dwelleth in him, and Jesus in him. Now catch this. Hereby, by this, we know that Jesus abides in us by the spirit which he hath given us. What spirit? His spirit. The spirit of Jesus. If you have ever prayed a prayer and it was not answered. Hear me, whatsoever you ask, if you have ever prayed a prayer and you found yourself saying as a professing Christian, maybe it wasn't His will, I have something to tell you. You do not have the Spirit of Christ. You are not a true disciple. You're not born again. You're not Holy Ghost filled. You are not a Christian. Those who are true disciples of Jesus, the true biblical disciples of Jesus, whatever they ask for, he said this plainly, And clearly, it shall be done. Why? Because the glory of his father is at stake. Jesus said, I will do it so that the father will be glorified through the son. How does he get glory? When you asked for Jesus to heal your daughter or your niece or your loved one, your father, your mother of a sickness, and they died anyways. Some people will say, well, he got the glory because some people came to Christ. That's not the glory Jesus spoke of. The glory that Jesus spoke of was the fulfillment of your request. His disciples said, yes, it's true whatsoever we ask for he does it this is how we know that the true spirit of jesus dwells within us it's a tangible scriptural confirmation this isn't about your emotions how much quote-unquote love you felt and quote-unquote acceptance you felt when you asked him into your heart no it's not about that Why? Why do they always get what they ask for according to Jesus' words? Not your pastor, not your mother or your father, but according to Jesus' promise. Why? Because it is His Spirit making the request through them. Those who are His true disciples are possessed by the Spirit of Jesus, and the tangible evidence of this will be seen and scripturally confirmed. Look at 1 Corinthians 2 and 16. He states, But we have the very mind of Christ. Why? Why do they have the mind of Christ? Because Jesus now dwells within their vessel, within their body. This is how they will walk as he walked and operate in the spirit and supernatural power of Jesus because it's a manifestation of him. Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 27 confirms that it is his spirit that prays through the true biblical disciple in direct accordance to the will of God. Paul stated in Galatians 2 and 20, It is Christ that lives in me, he said. He died. This is some serious business. And it's time to stop pretending. Pretending so well to be a Christian that you deceived your own self. And those around you who are ignorant of the truth, ignorant of the facts of scripture, Thinking that chemotherapy is the supernatural power of Jesus, spoken of in the scriptures. Taking prescriptions for anxiety, depression, eating disorders, mental torment, and saying Jesus is peace and he lives in you? This is false. And in direct opposition to what Jesus himself said, in John 14 and 27, he said that he gives Hear me. He imparts a core piece to his true biblical disciples, the ones who truly have his spirit. Why? Why in the world are you professing to be a Christian and diagnosed as bipolar? This should be a red flag. Those who are his true disciples have a true core peace. Why? Because they're possessed by the Spirit of Jesus. And according to the scriptures, he's not struggling with anxiety. He's not bipolar. The biblical supernatural healing of Jesus it doesn't come with medical assistance. It doesn't come in a bottle of any kind. And it doesn't come <laughs> and it doesn't come with a $1,000 seed offering to these wicked, professing Christian leaders who capitalize on the broken hopes and dreams of the afflicted. Surprisingly, in the Scriptures, Jesus' healing is not limited to just headaches and backaches and demon performances. Contrary to what many believe, it's not based on the quote-unquote level of faith. Lazarus, the maiden, and the widow's son were all dead. Hear me. Dead. They did not have faith. They were dead. If it was dependent on faith, as some erroneously believe. The three of these would have remained dead when Jesus said, Get up. It is a misunderstanding of the scriptures, easily remedied by a desire to learn. Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because you must consider the costs. You must make an informed decision, not a gunshot choice with little to no knowledge and emotions, void of true Biblical understanding of the identity and purpose of Jesus. This is insane. Who does that? And this is one, if not the most sacred thing that you have, your soul, you. And you just give it up because someone moved your emotions? Most, if not all, Christian leaders and evangelists appeal to your emotions to become a Christian. I'm here to appeal to your ability to reason with the facts of what is written. You can't make your own Christianity. You can't make up your own rules. What's written is written. There's a lot of shifting going around. A lot of subtractions from what's written a lot of additions to what's written based on feelings guesses and biases here's the very real danger romans 8 verse 9 states if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none of his meaning if you're professing to be a christian but void of the visible confirmation of the true, biblically aligned indwelling of Jesus' spirit, you're not going where you think you're going. And we all know how that plays out from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. I do not teach in this way. My teaching is different. I was taught by the Maker, who many know as the God of Israel. It changed my life. I do not teach based on my emotions or my personal biases or my personal opinions. I teach based upon what He alone has taught me regarding truth regarding righteousness, and regarding your standing with Him. If you have discovered through your interaction with me that something may be off regarding your Christian claim, or even if you're just hearing me and you're contemplating becoming a Christian, don't take this encounter lightly. Man makes his plans, but the Creator determines his steps. I implore you to join my Christian Masterclass, where we learn the fundamental truths of Christianity to enable you to make an informed decision based on the facts and not emotions. This is a serious decision to make and one that can have a devastating impact on the destination of your soul. I personally host this Christian Masterclass in an exclusive group for five, so be sure to reserve a spot. Or you can opt to study with me personally, one-on-one. If you're interested, email me at the email provided in the description, and say yes, I want to study with you, and I'll send you the necessary information to get started. It's always a good choice to learn and know the facts behind what you believe. Take care. And remember, always do what is right.